When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Thriller Thursdays here on the Mutual Audio Network, if you dare. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. This program is a Duads collaboration with Purple Radio. Content warnings may be found in the episode description. Duads presents The Three Musketeers. Episode 13, The Man from Mom. Welcome back to the world of the living. <laughs> I, I can't see. Don't, don't tell me. Unless I have not been executed at Traitor's Cross. But, but, but the carriage has stopped. We paused for an old granny to cross the road. But we've passed now. See for yourself. We're in a... Out of the carriage. My partner and I shall escort you into the palais. But... Ah! Good thing we're here to catch you if you trip. Would be a shame if you got hurt before your next visit. <laughs> My next visit? Please, where are you taking me? What is this place? Where are you taking me? Ugh. No questions. There are people sleeping whom it would be unwise to disturb. What's going on out there? Uh, uh, nothing to worry about there, madame. Oh my, that man, is he hurt? A little unsteady on his feet is all. Aren't you? <clears throat> Aren't you, monsieur? Uh, um, yes, just feel a little ill. Perhaps we should call for a physician. Uh, no need, no need, madame. Why don't you just head back inside? He'll be perfectly all right with us. He'll receive the best of care? The best of care, madame. Uh, very well. Get well soon, monsieur. Thank you. That's right. You'll receive the best of care. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Put him down here. 
Now you. Don't you move an inch, understand? Unless you're prepared to become an inch shorter in the neck area. Mm. <laughs> he looked like he was about to wet himself. Right, it's my turn to buy drinks, isn't it? It is, it is certainly more comfortable than the Bastille. Oh, these the benches all have cushions. The wall is inlaid with fine leather, undeniably Cordova. And those red damask curtains seem to be fastened back by... <laughs> oh, my, my, I know gold when I see it. I suppose it, it couldn't be that bad, could it? Ah! Pardon me, is your name Bonacieux? Uh, yes, Monsieur Officer, at your service. Come in. Monseigneur is waiting for you. This cabinet, it makes me uneasy. There are so many swords, muskets, suits of armor staring down at me from the walls, not on display waiting to be used. On me? Oh lord, please no. No, 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 no. Ooh. Breathe, breathe in, out. Focus on something. Ah, the, the table in front of the fireplace. So many books and papers and rolled out under it all an immense plan of some city. But which one? There are swathes of water, city walls, military encampments. The ink is still fresh. A fire. Winter hasn't even begun. Who? <gasps> there. A man in front of the fire. He has no sword, but even a sword could not put me more on edge. He's still gazing into the flames for inspiration, perhaps. Or maybe they are looking for inspiration in him. <gasps> he turns. Are you that Bonacieux? Yes, Monseigneur. <laughs> That's well. Ah, he's reading my documents. Oh God, I hope the Commissary remembered to sign them. <gasps> he looked into my eyes for only a moment, yet my heart is still cold. That head has never conspired, but it matters not. We will see. You are accused of high treason. Um, so, so I have been told already, Monseigneur, but I swear to you that I know nothing about it. You have conspired with your wife, with Madame de Chevreuse, and with my Lord Duke of Buckingham. Uh, indeed, Monseigneur, I have heard her pronounce all those names. And on what occasion? She said that... The Cardinal de Richelieu had drawn the Duke of Buckingham to Paris to ruin him and ruin the Queen. She said that? Yes, Monseigneur, but I told her she was wrong to talk about such things and that his eminence was incapable- Hold your tongue. You are stupid. That's exactly what my wife said, Monseigneur. Do you know who carried off your wife? No, Monseigneur. You have your suspicions, nevertheless. Uh, 
Yes, Monseigneur, but these suspicions appear to be disagreeable to Monsieur the Commissary, and I no longer have them. Your wife has escaped. Did you know that? No, Monseigneur. I learned it since I have been in prison, and that from the conversation of Monsieur the Commissary, an amiable man. Then you are ignorant of what has become of your wife since her flight? Absolutely, Monseigneur. But she has most likely returned to the Louvre. At one o'clock this morning, she had not returned. My God! What can have become of her, then? We shall know, be assured. Nothing is concealed from the Cardinal. The Cardinal knows everything. In that case, Monseigneur, do you believe the Cardinal will be so kind as to tell me what has become of my wife? Perhaps he may. But you must, in the first place, reveal to the Cardinal all you know of your wife's relations with Madame de Chevreuse. Uh, but, 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 Monseigneur, I know nothing about them. I have never seen her. When you went to fetch your wife from the Louvre, did you always return directly home? Ah, scarcely ever. She had business to transact with linen drapers to whose houses I conducted her. And how many were there of these linen drapers? Two, Monseigneur. And where did they live? Uh, one in Rue de Vaugirard, the other in Rue de la Harpe. Did you go into these houses with her? Oh, never, Monsieur. I waited at the door. And what excuse did she give you for entering all alone? She gave me none. She told me to wait, and I waited. You are a very complacent husband, my dear Monsieur Bonacieux. He calls me his dear Monsieur. Best! Matters are going all right. Should you know those doors again? Yes. Do you know the numbers? Yes. What are they? Number 25 in the Rue de Vaugirard, 75 in the Rue de la Harpe. That's well. I am at your command, Monseigneur. Go and find Rochefort. Tell him to come to me immediately if he has returned. The Count is here, and requests to speak with your eminence instantly. Let him come in, then. <clears throat> to your eminence? That's right. He? What he? The man who abducted my wife! <sighs> I see. Yes, Monseigneur? Place this man in the care of his guards again, and let him wait till I send for him. No, no, Monseigneur, no, it is not he. No, I was deceived. This is quite another man. It does not resemble him at all. Monsieur, Monsieur is, I am sure, an honest man. Take away that fool. I was wrong. Monseigneur, forgive me. That is not him at all. Forgive me. They have seen each other. Who? He and she. The Queen and the Duke? Yes. Where? At the Louvre. Are you sure of it? Perfectly sure. Who told you of it? Madame de Lannoy, who is 
devoted to your eminence, as you know. Why did she not let me know sooner? Whether by chance or mistrust, the Queen made Madame de Sergi sleep in her chamber and detained her all day. Well, we are beaten. Now, let us try to take our revenge. I will assist you with all my heart, Monseigneur. Be assured of that. How did it come about? At half past twelve, the Queen was with her women. Where? In her bedchamber. Go on. When someone came and brought her a handkerchief from her laundress. And then? The Queen immediately exhibited strong emotion, and despite the rouge with which her face was covered, evidently turned pale. And then, and then? She then arose, and with altered voice, Ladies, said she, wait for me ten minutes, I shall soon return. She then opened the door of her alcove and went out. Why did not Madame de Lannoy come and inform you instantly? Nothing was certain. Besides, Her Majesty had said, Ladies, wait for me. And she did not dare to disobey the Queen. Hmm. How long did the Queen remain out of the chamber? Three quarters of an hour. None of her women accompanied her? Only a linen woman by the name of... Bonacier, yes. I know. Did she afterward return? Yes, but only to take a little rosewood casket with her cipher upon it, and went out again immediately. And when she finally returned, did she bring that casket with her? No. Does Madame de Lannoy know what was in that casket? Yes. The diamond studs which His Majesty gave the Queen. And she came back without this casket? Yes. Madame de Lannoy, then, is of the opinion that she gave them to Buckingham? She is sure of it. How can she be so? In the course of the day, Madame de Lannoy, in her quality of tie woman of the Queen, looked for this casket, appeared uneasy at not finding it, and at length asked information of the Queen. And then the Queen? The Queen became exceedingly red and replied that, having in the evening broken one of those studs, she had sent it to her goldsmith to be repaired. It must be called upon, and so ascertain if the thing be true or not. I have just been with him. And the goldsmith? Goldsmith has heard nothing of it. <laughs> well, well, Rochefort, all is not lost. And perhaps, perhaps everything is for the best. The fact is, I do not doubt your eminence's genius. Will repair the blunders of his agent? Is that it? That is exactly what I was going to say. If your eminence had let me finish my sentence. Meanwhile, do you know where the Duchess de Chevreuse and the Duke of Buckingham are now concealed? No, Monseigneur. My people could tell me nothing on that head. Ah, ah, ah. But I know. You, Monseigneur? 
yes? Or at least I guess. There were one in the Rue de Vaugirard, number 25. The other in the Rue de la Harpe, number 75. Does your eminence command that they both be instantly arrested? It will be too late. They will both be gone. But still, we can make sure that they are so. Take ten men of my guardsmen and search the two houses thoroughly. Instantly, Monseigneur. Bring the prisoner in again. Yes, Monseigneur. You have deceived me. Uh, I deceive your eminence. Your wife, in going to Rue de Vaugirard and Rue de la Harpe, did not go to find linen drapers. Then why did she go, just God? She went to meet the Duchess de Cherouse and the Duke of Buckingham. Ah, oh, yes. Yes, that's it. Your eminence is right. I told my wife several times that it was surprising that linen drapers should live in such houses as those, in houses that had no signs. But she always laughed at me. Ah, Monseigneur, ah, how truly you are the cardinal, the great cardinal, the man of genius whom all the world reveres. Take my hand and rise, my friend. You are a worthy man. The cardinal has touched me with his hand. I have touched the hand of the great man. Oh, the great man has called me his friend. Yes, my friend. And as you have been unjustly suspected, well, you must be indemnified. Here, take this purse of but a hundred pistoles and pardon me. Uh, I pardon you, Monseigneur, but you, you are able to have me arrested. You are able to have me tortured, able to have me hanged. Oh, you are the master, and I could not have the least word to say pardon you, Monseigneur. You cannot mean that. Ah, my dear Monsieur Bonacieux, you are generous in this matter. I see it, and I thank you for it. Thus, then, you will take this back, and you will go away without being too malcontent. <laughs> I, I go away enchanted. Farewell, then. Or rather, au revoir. Oh, whenever Monseigneur wishes, I shall be firmly at the orders of his eminence. That will be often, be assured, for I have found your conversation quite charming. Ah, oh, Monseigneur. Au revoir, Monsieur Bonacieux. Au revoir. I, I bow to the ground, Monseigneur. To the ground! Long life to the Monseigneur! Long life to his eminence! Long life to the great cardinal! Ah, Buckingham, 
Perhaps like a fish you have slipped through my fingers in Paris, but you forget that I have but to cast my net to the other side of the boat, the other side of France, to the city of La Rochelle, and you will be just one prize fish among many. Monseigneur. Well? Well, a young woman of about 26 or 28 years of age and a man from 35 to 40 have indeed lodged at the two houses pointed out by your eminence. But the woman left last night and the man this morning. It was they. And now it is too late to have them pursued. The Duchess is at Tours and the Duke at Boulogne. It is in London that they must be found. What are your eminence's orders? Not a word of what has passed. Let the Queen remain in perfect security. Let her be ignorant that we know her secret. Let her believe that we are in search of some conspiracy or other. Send me the Keeper of the Seals, Sigwir. Immediately. Monseigneur, this map you were working on... Of La Rochelle? Yes. That line there... Between Fort d'Orléans and Fort Louis? Yes. Your eminence is aware that between the two is only... Oh, well aware. Then... Yes. What, oh, yeah. Can it be done? It will be done. On Earth as... <laughs> well, I suppose not. <laughs> and that man, what has your eminence done with him? What man? That Bonacieux. Oh. I have done with him all that could be done. I have made him a spy upon his wife. And speaking of spies, have our dear friend come to me and tell him to get ready for a journey of six days and four hundred pistoles to be gained. He has a letter to deliver in London for Milady. Milady. Be at the first ball at which the Duke of Buckingham shall be present. He will wear on his doublet twelve diamond studs. Get as near to him as you can, and cut off two. As soon as these studs shall be in your possession, inform me. hope you've enjoyed episode 13 of The Three Musketeers. The cast, in order of appearance, was Megan Ratcliffe as Red Guard, Sam Turnbull as Bonacieux, Emily Tarbuck as Madame Daguignon, Matilda Brunn as Officer, Jacob Breeder as Cardinal Richelieu, and Alistair Hall as Rochefort and the Stranger. 
Three Musketeers was jointly directed by Nicole Balta-Blanco, Lauren Brewer, Sonia Saraf, and Daniel Mahale. Music created by Ollie Fab. Main theme by Ollie Fab and Kat Patalis. Editing was done by Ode Hoagie and Jay Figueredo. Our Foley artists were Natalia Iumlian Stone and Jay Figueredo. This show is based off Alexandre Dumas' The Three Musketeers. Scripts were written by Jay Figueredo, Matthew McConkie, Izel Iltkin Salman, and Sam Turnbull. The producer team was Sophie Tice, Victoria Lee Barofolo, Jay Figueredo, and Thomas Tomlinson. For a full list of cast and crew, see our website. I'm Stephen Ledger. Want to support the show? Come join our Patreon page at patreon.com slash duads. That's D-U-A-D-S. That's D-U-A-D-S. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. So, do you like comedy? If you do, then Friday Follies might be just the feed for you. From the Mutual Audio Network, every Friday we bring you a selection of hilarious audio drama. And you can find it wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for Friday Follies, or you could subscribe to the main Mutual Audio Network feed. It's up to you. Find us there. This is the Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.